Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's July 30th, 2021, and you are invited to join me and an incredibly awesome woman from our community. Many of you know her already, Mindy Browse. Mindy is co-host and co-creator of the Bookend Homeschoolers podcast, and she's also a mom of seven. Today, we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to both of our hearts, and it's really a part of a bigger conversation about parenting, kids, and inclusiveness. You do not want to miss this conversation. We have so much good stuff ahead. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. We hope you know that you have found your way to the most awesome community of women that exists on the internet right now. And if you want to become a part of our bigger community where we are hanging out, sharing life with each other, we would love to have you come and join us over on Facebook in our sort of awesome hangout group. It is truly the heart of our community. We have almost 6,000 women there who are just sharing in the nitty gritty of daily life and supporting each other all along the way. And of course, we want to say how much we love our awesomes of Instagram. Come and follow us if you haven't already over there. We've got stories going up almost daily. We always have discussions about something in our main feed. We've got reels going on a little bit at everything for all of our awesomes on Instagram. So on Instagram, we are at Sorta Awesome Show. Like I said, I am joined this week by a truly amazing woman in our awesome community. Not only is she an awesome, but she's also a superstar, one of our shiny, sparkly, Patreon supporters, Mindy Browse. Hi, Mindy. Welcome to Sorta Awesome. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me. I love Sorta Awesome. I'm glad to be here. We are so thrilled to have you here. We've been talking a little bit back and forth, actually for a while, about you coming to the show. I'm going to get to go over and visit you guys on Bookend Homeschoolers. So I cannot wait for that conversation too. We're going to be talking later in this episode about some conversations we need to have as parents and not just people who are parents, but if you have kids in your life, whether you're a teacher or maybe you're a grandparent with little kids, nieces, nephews, neighbors, part of your community group, this really is a conversation, not just for parents, but for just humans in general, Yeah, about how we can be more clued into some issues that have to do with kids, especially kids that have either special or additional needs and inclusivity. And it's going to be really good. I can't wait to talk about all of that. But before we get into that, tell us just like a little bit about what does your life look like? Where are you? And we said you have seven kids, but like, what's, what does life look like for you right now? Right. And people probably thought that was a misspeak for on your part, but no, we, <laughs> no. <laughs> we do have seven kids. I am 51 years old. Yes. I was a former teacher for the deaf in my pre-mom life. And then I've been home. For 25 years. My eldest is 24. Okay. And our youngest, Jubilee, is going to be six on August 3rd, very soon. Wow. You, you're like us in that you have like the whole spectrum yes. of kids everywhere. Yeah. Just a few more than we have running around here. Right, right. <laughs> we call it straddle parenting because we're 
straddling between parenting adult children, which is, in my opinion, the hardest Mm. parenting aspect. And then we still have a little girl in kindergarten. So yeah, yeah. And homeschooled for 24 years, no, 23 years. And we love books. We're kind of sarcastic around here. There's always some (laughs) snark going on and it's just not a very quiet house, but we love each other hard. So. Oh, that's so great. Well, we have so much to cover here in just a little bit. And I really cannot wait to dig into that conversation because like I said, at the top of the show, based on just life experiences, family context, this is something that is a topic that both of us care deeply about. And I know the awesome community, first of all, I know it's going to resonate so strongly with our community. And I know so many people in the awesome community are going to be able to relate to some Mm -hmm. of the things we're talking about today. So we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, Let's start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you are new to Sorta Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now, whether it is a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a product, just something that's bringing a little happiness and joy to our lives. Mindy, I'm going to be surprised. I don't know what you brought. So I can't I wait to hear what your I'm Awesome excited. of the Week is. I didn't. And I checked the website to be sure no one else had brought it yes. before. Okay. So. My awesome of the week is a product that will help your reading life. Oh, yay. In all kinds of different ways. And it is a product that has an absolutely terrible name, (laughs) but it is fantastic. And this is called a book bone. Oh, it's a terrible name, right? Yeah, it's super awkward. Okay. (laughs) I wish I could rename the product, but I'm not in charge of that. (laughs) This. Awkward looking product. Meg can see it right now. Yes, it is very awkward looking, not just awkwardly named, but very awkward looking. It's an awkward (laughs) awesome is what's happening here. This product makes me so happy because I love to read. I'm typically an audiobook reader. That is Mm -hmm. how I do over 80% of my reading. But every once in a while, I can't get my hands on an audiobook or I already own a paper book that my kids want me to read or whatever. Or if you still use the non-digital cookbooks, this is another product that will help for this. Um, Yeah. So what it does is it's like a book weight and it holds the book open for you. Okay. Okay. So you put it on here. Yeah. And it holds it. Yeah. There are different types of book weights out there. And I've tried a few of them. The fabric ones, y'all, this is way better. This is way more awesome because not only does it hold it well, you can slide it up and down easily, but you can also use it to turn the page. So you oh, see how? Oh, yeah. That yeah. is so cool. That's a really nice thing because sometimes you're able to use one hand for something, but when you're holding a book and you need to read and you need to turn the pages, you can't use, if both mm-hmm. hands aren't available, it gets awkward. Yeah. I, my dear friend Katie gave me this as a gift okay. one time. I don't know about this and I love it. I use yes. it all the time now. The problem is, is if you have a toddler, they will also think this is very awesome. <laughs> yes. I mean, you just, can tell, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I could see Nico running off with that for sure. And Nico will love this. So you're going to need to hide it or get two and yeah. just pretend like one is quote moms and then, oh, it's gone. But you really have your backup to you. So yes. that's my awesome of the week. I think you would love it, Meg. All the awesomes who are big readers, and we know there's a lot of you out there, yes. would love this product. Okay, we will for sure put a link in the show notes. That is actually ingenious. And sometimes it's the awkward things that make the biggest impact on our life, if we're being honest. It's true. <laughs> My husband, the first time I use it, he's like, what? What are you carrying around? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's only $15 on Amazon. It's really an affordable awesome that will last you a long time. 
Oh my gosh. So fun. So fun. Okay. Well, no surprise. I also do have a bookish awesome of the week. Uh, I have been so excited to tell the awesome community about this book because this is brings to the conclusion a series that I've been tracking along with for years and I've been talking about for years on the show. So my awesome of the week is the brand new release from Rainbow Rowell, Anyway, the Wind Flows. It is the third book in the Simon Snow trilogy. Mindy, have you picked up any of Rainbow Rose, Rainbow Rowell's? But um, once you told me, I was like, well, now I need to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, lots of people know and love Rainbow Rowell's books. She mostly has written in the young adult genre. She has a few that are maybe a little bit outside of that genre, but I adore Rainbow Rowell and I have loved the Simon Snow series since its debut, which it did not debut as the first in a trilogy back in 2015, but here is, she has turned it into a trilogy and anyway, The Wind Blows is the third book. I just finished it the other night. Mindy, I have to tell you, I read it. I loved it. I laughed. I cried. It was definitely a book. I hugged the actual book. I hugged the book, Mindy. I love hugging books. I love that. That's quite a review there. Yeah. Yes. And as you were just saying, and I've talked about on Sort of Awesome, almost all of my reading is also on audio. That just is how it fits into my life. Then I would say after that, it's Kindle because again, you can just grab it and take it on the go with you. But it was so important to me to have the actual paper copy of this book because I have all of the other books in the series in hardcover. And so when it got here, I had so many conflicted feelings. I was like so excited about it, but I didn't want it to be over. And then I was nervous. Like, what if it's bad? Right. What if it doesn't live up? That's right. the worst. That's real bookish anxiety. It's yes. real, a real thing. It is. It's so real. I'm here to tell you guys, I like have literal hearts in my eyes over this book. <sighs> The conclusion as she brings everybody's storylines to such a great conclusion. Now, I've talked about the first book in the series, Carry On, back in episode 42. I talked about Wayward Son, which is the second book in episode 215. I'll put links in the show notes if you guys want to go listen to the Awesome of the Week section of those episodes. You can hear me talk more in depth about those books. But the main thing to know about the Simon Snow trilogy, bigger picture, is what Rainbow Rowell is doing with this series of books is she's really questioning and deconstructing a lot of the tropes that we just consider to be normal in mm. YA fantasy. So she kind of asks some bigger questions of readers, like why are the characters always so white? Why are the romance threads so heteronormative? Why are the adults in the lives of these children and these teenagers like so comfortable with putting them in danger? What happens to the chosen one after the battle is over? And so since this series is urban fantasy, So that means it takes place in our universe, like people have cell phones and go to coffee shops, but also magic. (laughs) Right. Oh, good. Good. She can really explore some things like what do these kids, these teenagers do with the trauma in their life after they've saved the world? Yeah. So she really explores that not only through the main characters, Simon Snow and Baz Pitch, but also through the other side characters, their friends, their family. Oh my gosh. It is so good. Now, I know... People had mixed feelings about Carry On. It was a little confusing for some people when it first came out because she really is doing something different with YA fantasy, really trying to explore what do we do with these tropes? Should they be there? Should we kind of shake things up a little bit? Oh, I love that. 
Yeah. So I am jealous for anybody who hasn't read these books yet, because I wish I could go read them again for the first time. I love them so much. Okay. Well, you just bumped them all up my TBR, Meg, all of them. I'm so glad you'll have to tell me your thoughts as you go through it for sure. So I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Um, I was going to have my actual physical copy here to show you, but I realized that my 16 year old has already stolen it. Already reading it. And that's a really good sign, in my opinion, when yes. when one of my kids swipes a book, I'm yep. like, thank you, Lord, go yes. yeah, do it. I'm, yes. That's the best way to lose a book. That's right. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. So we will have links in the show notes for our awesomes of the week. And of course, we want to hear what's awesome in your life. So on Fridays, we talk about awesome of the week over on Instagram, again, at Sorta Awesome Show. And we always have this conversation on Friday mornings in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Andy, I don't know about you, but I've gotten so much awesome in my life just from the mm-hmm. Awesome of the Week threads on my screen. I'm like, wow, this is quite a list of awesome things. Yes, totally, totally. So we'll have links for that in the show notes as well. So Mindy and I have a great conversation ahead for you, and we'll get to all of that when we come right back. Hey, Awesomes, 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. Honestly, I'm one of them. And if you are too, I want you to know you're not alone. And there's a solution that you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. My thinning hair started after our two-year-old Nico was born. I thought it was normal, but then my hair just kind of never bounced back. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. And in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code AWESOME to save $15 off of your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you're going to get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code AWESOME. As life has finally gotten back to normal this summer, I have been loving getting back out into our community with our kids, swimming, library trips. We're all way past due for a summer that feels refreshingly normal. And when you download Best Fiends, you can give your brain a dose of refreshment all year long. In fact, playing Best Fiends is so calming to my brain, it kind of feels like I'm giving my mind a little refreshing retreat at a spa. Because truly, once you start playing Best Fiends, you really don't want to stop. Best Fiends is way more fun than the other matching puzzle games out there. It's one of those games that makes 30 minutes feel like 30 seconds, and it's totally free to download. With thousands of fun puzzles to solve, there's something new every day. I'm pretty close to level 300, but you guys, there are plenty more to go. With Best Fiends, the adorable, collectible characters just keep coming. And Best Fiends releases new challenges, characters, and themes all the time just to keep you on your toes. And a really fun part of Best Fiends is how you can strategically team up with each character based on their special abilities to gain some extra points and items to level up your fiends. You guys, there's so much to love about this game. Give it a try and let me know if you love it as much as I do. Download the five-star rated puzzle game Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. 
Hey, you guys, if you have tried meditation before and it felt like it wasn't working right, or maybe you even felt like you were doing it wrong, listen, I totally get it. I have been there. But if mental health is part of your self-care plan this year, you owe it to yourself to try Headspace. That's because Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. I really was one of those people who just didn't get it when it came to meditation before Headspace. They make it so accessible and the results for my mental health have been incredible. Headspace really makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you. It's on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash awesome. That's headspace.com slash awesome for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal being offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash awesome today. Okay, Mindy, we are back. And before we get into the heart of this conversation, I thought it might be good for the awesomes who are listening to get a little sense of like where we're coming from in this conversation. And I want to say from the very top that Mindy and I are going to use the best words and terminology that we know to use. And we also understand that language and words have power and they have a lot of meaning and that people who in all different parts of this conversation have feelings about what words should be used. I think Mindy and I most recently come from a world where identifying kids that have needs that are different from, say, a neurotypical kid or a medically typical kid, we might be most comfortable saying special needs. I know that some parts of the community are starting to simply say additional needs. We just hope that as you're listening, that you'll assign positive intent to us and know that our hearts are truly with these kids and then also parents and families. And so we may not be using the language and verbiage that you're used to, and we are welcome to be educated on what's best phrasing and those types of things to say, but we're going to go with the language in the world that we live in with our kids that do have additional needs. And so, and we're growing and we definitely want everyone to hear that our heart, honestly, the big theme of this discussion is growth. Yes. And learning and yes. doing better. That's just right. constantly doing better. So yep. I've learned some words I don't say that I said mm-hmm. 20 years ago or sure, even five yeah. years ago. Yes. And so we're growing. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. We're growing. We're all about growth. And that's really what this conversation is about. But to give you guys a little context, I've mentioned this briefly from time to time on Sort of Awesome through the years, but I'm the oldest of four kids and my youngest sister, not Emily, not the sort of awesome regular, but my youngest sister, she has Asperger's. So she's on the autism spectrum. She identifies as an autistic adult now and she's almost 40. And since she's almost 40, you all can imagine that back in the time that we were growing up when she was in elementary school, middle school, even into high school, there wasn't that much known about just truly the spectrum that is being considered autistic, which Asperger's is part of. And so I saw my sister struggle in a lot of ways, not just with academics, which I have to say, even in the little small towns in Oklahoma that we grew up in, I really think that she got the very best support and encouragement educationally that she could get at the time. But social struggles have always been a big part of her life. I don't want to say too much. I think that she would be fine with me saying that is her story, not mine to tell, but From the time I can really remember my youngest sister going into school and having friends and peers 
I've seen Mindy from kind of from the sidelines, the pain and challenges, certainly the joys, but also just really experiencing with such a heart of compassion. Because of course, I love my sister dearly. Right, and right. Yeah. And seeing that. And so then fast forward to becoming a parent myself, we have five kids. Our eight-year-old twins have very significant speech delays to the point where I would say that their language development at this point, they're eight. I would say it's about at a five-year-old level, five to six-year-old level. So they definitely have grown a lot, but they are not on level with their peers when it comes to language. And for little kids, like, well, for every person, communication is so important. It's the biggest, it is, honestly, it is the most common issue that separates people. Okay. Yeah. Is language and communication. Right. Uh That totally makes sense. If you think about that and it's difficult to bridge that and it's awkward. Yes. But it can be done. Totally. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So as a parent, you're watching your kids and your heart hurts and you see those moments where they're just not connecting with their peers because of this thing that they have that's different from the kids that are their age. So Mindy, when you came to me and you said, this is something that's been on my heart and mind, I was like, yes, please. Not only do I think this will be an awesome conversation for our community, but I myself as a parent I want and need to have this conversation. So that's a little bit of my context and my story, but I would love to hear where, what part of this conversation you're coming from. Okay. So my background, I was a teacher for the deaf before I got married. That was my college experience and degree. I taught for a few years, Paul and I got married, but also guys, we met at a camp for kids with disabilities, Meg. So I started working at a summer camp well, I won't say the year, but let's just say it was a while ago. I was 20 <laughs> and Paul and I met a year later at that camp. Okay. We worked at camp together. And so then I was a teacher for the deaf. Then we got married and he helped run a home for boys who were out of the system in the foster care system or parents needed help mm-hmm. because of their needs, their struggles mm-hmm. with emotional problems and behavioral issues. And so we helped run that for 20 years. And then another camp, and then we went back to the first camp, and then we helped run a camp for kids with autism. So my entire adult life has been working with and interacting with children and adults with disabilities. And I thought, Meg, that I understood. And that's like, it was a lot of time, right? Yes. I had Hannah Beth, and then at the age of 45, we adopted Jubilee, our youngest at Mm -hmm. birth. We knew she had Down syndrome. Her birth mother lived with us. It's a crazy, weird story for another time. But she and I met at that camp. I mean, that's how wild this whole story is. So suddenly being a mom of a child with a disability, Jubilee has Down syndrome, was totally different. And it humbled me in so many ways. And it kind of made me want to have conversation with all my friends who are professionals in the field. Yes. And they think they've given me advice on potty training. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Being a teacher, even if you're the most awesome teacher who's ever worked with kids who have autism ever, it is not the same thing right? as being the parent. And yes, so that has been really eye-opening and wonderful. Mm-hmm. I've grown, I've learned so much, but this issue that we're going to talk about today really has hit home in the last two years and COVID and Jubilee getting older, really, really drove this issue home and broke my heart. And yeah, so I'm coming to share with you from a broken heart who 
has experience in the disabled community. Sure. So if it broke my heart and maybe also Meg, because I had higher expectations, I was like, people are accepting and people do these things. And then I realized if you haven't grown up around this, or if Mm. you haven't intentionally put yourself in that position, then you don't, not because you're a terrible person. Right. Exactly. At all. And I'm going to say that several times today that awesome people, and we're speaking to awesome people. Yes, we are. Make mistakes. They hurt unintentionally. They don't include, but it's all from a place of not understanding. Exactly. Yes. And so I'm coming, Meg is coming. We're both sharing our hearts and we're mm-hmm. trusting you guys. Yes. To not only believe the best about us in our use of language, but in our requests and our suggestions that this is to help yes. you and to help the people who are in your community and you don't realize it. Right. Exactly. I think that is such a great point to make right from the top is yeah. that like so many issues in life, if you haven't lived it out in your real flesh and blood life might kind of be theoretical, or you may not even be clued into it. And that's okay. That's like what you said at the top of the show, we are all about just growing and learning. And this is an area where we have had a lot of growth. And we just think it's such a great conversation for people. Again, like you said, we're speaking to awesomes. And so we know that you guys will be into this too. So, all right, what do we kind of need to know, just more objectively speaking, like, as we're talking about kids with various different kinds of, like we've said, additional needs, special needs, like what's some of the background that comes to mind for you, both as a parent and as a former educator? Okay. So one of the things that I was trying to think of visuals for us to share, because I feel like that helps drive points home. You know, we understand when we can picture something. So when I was a camp counselor, parents would come and bring their kids for one or two weeks and they would cry. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. You're going to miss your child. And they were like, well, yeah, that. But they also said, what's happening here? That they have friends every week that they only see at camp Mm. because these are their best friends. And I was like, wait, what? And I've started to realize as a parent was that that's a problem, that the only people that were truly engaging with their child in an understanding and loving way was at camp Mm. for a week or two a year. Yeah, And I've thought about that a lot as Jubilee has grown because I realize now the difference between being in a community and being engaged in a community. And that's the difference. And when they're at camp, they're engaged in a community. They're not just plopped in it. Mm -hmm. They're not just a quote part of a community. They're actually engaged. And the second picture I wanted to give, and I'll probably cry this one just still, Jubilee was, I think, two and a half. She wasn't walking yet. She didn't walk to after age three. We went to this big inclusive event. And so at the event are all these different organizations and clubs or whatever that you can be a part of. So it was kind of preaching to the choir, right? Like everyone there knows the importance. And I thought everyone would just do what I loved, right? And they were. We walked up to this dance group and they had kids coming in and dancing. And Jubilee absolutely adores music, Meg. Like she cannot not dance. Yes, like yes, yes. She just, right. she, since she was little, she'll wiggle, wiggle, and she wants down. Like yeah. even before she could stand or walk, she wanted down. So I would put her down on the ground and she starts hopping with her legs frayed and her arms up in the air. And she is so happy. Mm-hmm. And the other kids are still dancing and they're happy. No one's being rude. Nobody is nothing. It was so great. And then... The teacher saw her and the teacher sat down 
on the ground Mm -hmm. next to her and started dancing like Jubilee started dancing. So she sat in her butt and hopped and wiggled and flayed her arms in the ground. And it hit me the difference right there that it looks like Jubilee was included yeah, because she wasn't being excluded. Mm -hmm. But what the difference is, is that teacher met her where Jubilee was and danced with Jubilee on the ground, eye level. And my heart exploded. I started crying. Oh, and yeah. within sure. 30 seconds, Meg, all the other kids are sitting down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't a thing to them, but it didn't cross their mind. They had to be led there sometimes. Yes. And that teacher did it. And so as we talk about these things, I want you to kind of picture that. Yes. The difference between, quote, allowing or having somebody sitting on the ground yep. and dancing and you're dancing around and maybe you're talking to them, maybe you're not, whatever, versus getting on the ground and dancing with them. Right. That's the difference. Those are beautiful, beautiful examples of what it means to truly move beyond just like we're inclusive in that everyone's welcome versus we're inclusive in that we meet people, especially kiddos, exactly where they are to bring them into whatever the bigger thing is. Right, right. So those are beautiful, beautiful pictures and really drive home the point of what we want to talk about. So why... Is this important? I mean, I, of course, have some ideas, but I want to sure. hear from you. Why is it important that we have the sort of awareness and, and mm-hmm. a sensitivity to it, a mindset, right. a sense of being proactive about it? Why is this a conversation to have? Right. So quickly, and before I get to the heart of the why, I want to just share that these kids are out there. One in 54 children has autism. That is nearly 10% of children. That means... One in 54 kids at your child's school has autism, at least. 4.3 kids are disabled. 8 to 9% have speech delay disorders. 14% of children in public school are in special ed. 14%. That's a high. And that was in 2018 and 2019. So I know it's grown since then Mm. because autism has increased from 1 in 80 or so to 1 in 54. So the numbers... That was a while ago. Yes. And 60% of those students, so in the 14%, 60% of those students are in general ed 80% of their day. Wow. So the odds, if your children are in public school, yes, the odds of your child having somebody with a disability of some kind mm-hmm. is very good. It's yes. very high. Yes. And that means... of your kids are probably with a child who has some kind of needs that is not typical. And right there, I just want to start there because sometimes what we think is they're not around us. Like Mm. we're not seeking them out, but they're just not in our circle, but they are. They are. They are. are. Our children are in other people's circles, Meg. And so I want to say why. And I mean, it sounds really basic and I don't mean it to be, but because it's the right thing to do, but I'm going to give you more than that. So it's loving. It shows your heart. So if you believe that inclusion matters, if you believe diversity matters, then you have to put that into action. And it means we can't always take the path of least resistance. And I know, please hear me. I'm the mom of seven. Mm -hmm. I'm a busy person. Yeah. I have things going on. Sure. But 
think of the fact and how heartbreaking it is to picture your child. If you have a child or if you're an aunt, never having a friend Mm. from birth to age 20. So I just want you to wrap your head around that because it doesn't sound real, but it is what I keep hearing from the community of moms with kids with disabilities is what I keep hearing. Yes. And if we don't do it, guys, those of us who believe in inclusion and believe in diversity and believe if you are pro-life, even all these different things, if we value people and Mm -hmm. we tell our kids we value people, yes, then we have to prove it. We have to show it. Right. And if we're not going to do it, who is? Mm. Good, awesome, loving people don't take the time. And why? Not because they're mean, Meg. (laughs) I will admit for a while I struggle with that. I was like, they're just jerks, I guess, you know? And then I calm down. Yeah. No, they're not. What happens is if these kiddos are not in your line of sight, then they don't come to mind. Mm -hmm. And if your child is in public school, then you're dropping them off and you're not there, right? Right. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. They're not in your line of sight sometimes, even if you're a homeschooler like me, because if you don't have a child with disabilities, then sometimes you're not in those circles of interaction. But let's go back to the stats and one in 54, you are, they're there. But they may be hiding for lots of reasons. They may be hiding because they've been hurt. Mm. They may be hiding because they've had really bad experiences. Sure, yes. Or they're nervous or they don't want to be rejected. (laughs) Or they're just living their lives, right? So some moms that I've talked to, they're like, I'm just doing the next thing. Her daughter, this friend, her daughter is visible. She's um, 10, she has Down syndrome. The perk of Down syndrome, one of the perks, there are many, is that people know me. Jubilee has Down syndrome. Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. And that can be a real perk because people automatically give Jubilee grace and know that they're going to have to maybe work in some ways. Kiddos and people like your sister, Mm -hmm. that didn't happen. And it still doesn't happen. People judge. People think she's probably awkward and uncomfortable and they bail. Mm. So they're not in your line of sight. It can also be daunting. Like I just said, if you don't have the background or the experience you can be nervous. And I want yes. you to hear, I get it. I get that. That's okay. Yeah. But it's not a reason to stay without changing, right? We all know things can be awkward. The first time you met your partner, yes. maybe, yeah, was awkward. Yes. <laughs> but it was worth it. You were it like, is. well, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone because he's a hottie or whatever. And I'm going to do this. So it's the same thing. When you get awkward around a child with a disability, it's awkward. I get it. But I promise you it's worth it. It's worth stepping out of that. Exactly. And I think that the awkwardness, a lot of it just comes from what if, especially if you're talking about a person who does have an awesome view on life, they're thinking yeah. like, what if I do say the wrong thing? What Correct. if, you know, this comes up in so many different places in life where we try to engage something we don't know everything about. And we're so nervous. Like, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I offend somebody? And I, of course, Mindy and I cannot speak for every parent of every that has additional needs, but just to be able to say like, I mean, I would rather somebody make the effort, take a chance when adults do take the time to really engage with my twins who can be very difficult to understand. So it's, it is awkward to talk to them and like, correct, say that again. What did you say? But I've never been offended by an adult or another kid because they're at least trying. Amen. Amen, Meg. And I'm here to tell you that is the first step. Yes. Accepting that it's going to be awkward, but believing that we don't care. We're ready. We're waiting for people to say, 
like a friend said, a new friend, and she made me bald because it was the first time. And I think Jubilee was three. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, what is the best way to communicate with Jubilee? So she understands me. Mm. And I was like, yes. <laughs> thank you. You know, yeah, she knew she didn't know. And she went to the professional yes. on Jubilee. Yeah. I'm the professional on Jubilee. You are the professional on your twins, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. And I was all I had to say, you know what? Speak slowly, give her time and say, say that again. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't understand. It's okay to do that. Yes. Right. And I think our culture has taught us that it's rude to say, I didn't understand you. Why? Why did that happen? <laughs> where did where did that even come from? That's an honest yes. communication to say, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand you. Will you say it again? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Are we just arrogant? We don't want to admit. I don't know what's going on there, but it's okay to do that. And I promise you the mom, her heart will like, you'll see it grow 10 mm-hmm. sizes like yes. the Scrooge, you know, we'll be like, yeah. ah, you know, and we also want you to know the reason this sometimes doesn't happen. And we also get it is you're busy. Mm-hmm. We get it. You're busy adding another thing to your list. And that's basically what we're asking you to do today. And I want you to know, I know that we know you're busy. And yet we also believe with our hearts that you want the best for everybody, mm-hmm. including your own children. So some of the benefits for your children, for you choosing to do this is it develops empathy. Yes. It teaches them real life diversity acceptance, Mm, mm -hmm. what that looks like in action. Because I think we can all admit after the past two years, we know what some people think it means or they say they believe it. And then we're watching how that plays out, right? So if you want your kids to truly internalize diversity acceptance, this will do it. And this is another one that you guys aren't going to believe, but look it up increased academic performance. So kiddos who regularly engage and have friends with kids who have disabilities of any kind have increased academic performance. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, so you'll be helping your own children. So while I'd love to say, hey, just do it for the kids out there. Mm -hmm. I understand that sometimes you might need another incentive. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's fine. I need incentive to work out every day. (laughs) Other than it's healthy for me. Yes, (laughs) I get it. I treat myself or whatever. I want to look for those other benefits. I'm a human also, guys. I'm not some super mom. I'm not a superhuman. I'm just a mom who has seen things and I want to share. And you can help your own child become a better human. Yes. (gasps) How awesome is that? I mean, is that a better reason to do something than to make your kid more awesome? No. I think that is a huge motivating factor for so many of us that are parents. we fill our lives with activities and enrichment and those types of things, but something that is so provides so much growth just as a human being co-humaning with other human beings on this planet is building in this sensitivity, this empathy, and this just kind of like the teacher who led the way at that event, modeling it. Like there's so And it means you're gonna have to go look for it. Yes. I know that. Yeah. And so I know, I want you to understand, I understand that translate into time and effort. Mm-hmm. I really do. But the issue here is ableism. And most of us who listen to you, Meg, and the awesome show, the sort of awesome show, we would not consider ourselves an ism person. Sure, of course. Because <laughs> we work really hard, right? Mm-hmm. In different areas of our lives. And when I shared that ableism is the preference of able-bodied people mm-hmm. and I got so many messages. They were like, oh my gosh. Yes. I hadn't realized it doesn't mean you're intentionally excluding. It means you prefer this because it's easier. Yeah. Because it's less work. 
because you don't have to explain anything. You don't have to think it through. I get that. Yes. But it is ableism mm-hmm. if we are doing mm-hmm. that. And I shocked myself was like, oh, Mindy, even with all your background, babe, you were walking in ableism a lot. And I'm laying that down and I'm challenging us yes. to lay that down, right? Well, I mean, I think that's a huge thing is being able to recognize it in yourself. Like, it's okay if when you first are confronted with this, and this is something I grapple with too, even as we're talking, thinking about the ways that Sword Awesome can become more inclusive, less ableism in, in terms of making content, both on social media and the podcast more accessible. At first you're like, well, I mean, I just never thought of it, or I didn't realize that that was going on. And that's okay if that's your first reaction. That's a totally normal human reaction to have. And then just to kind of keep following that thread through to be like, okay, I can see now because I didn't know and I wasn't keyed into it and whatever, some changes that I need to make. And it's kind of a process. And I want to talk more about what that looks like to navigate it in just a few minutes. We're going to take a short break and we'll come right back. Okay, awesome. Y'all remember that when Rebecca and I recently did a big episode with all kinds of ideas for summer meals, I talked about how easy and awesome salmon is for a quick summer dinner. Well, in our most recent delivery from Moink, we got some Alaskan salmon that was so good, it was kind of a revelation. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon directly to your door. They help family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all that other junk you find in the pre-packaged meat aisle. So sign up at moinkbox.com awesome to get a year of bacon for free, and their bacon is legit. Getting a new Moink box delivery always makes for an awesome day in our house. We love Moink here in our family, and I know you will too. So join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash awesome right now and listeners to this show get free bacon for a year. That's one year of the best bacon you're ever going to taste, but it's only for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash awesome. That's moinkbox.com slash awesome. Friends, it's summertime. You don't want to be wasting your time making runs to the store. And there's nothing worse than forgetting something on your list and needing to make multiple trips. Shopping for home essentials should be easy and convenient. And that's where Grove Collaborative comes in. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Grove takes the guesswork out of going green. Every product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. Right before we started recording, I was putting on some lip balm from Grove Collaborative. I never go anywhere without it. And of course, Grove Collaborative keeps me all stocked up on our Mrs. Meyers hand soaps, our bathroom cleaner from Method, all of our favorite Acure skincare products. Grove has our back and you can join over 2 million households who choose to shop sustainably at Grove like my family does. And plus shipping is fast and free on your first order. Choosing products that are better for you and the planet has never been easier. For a limited time, when you awesomes go to grove.com slash awesome, you will get to choose a free starter kit with your first order. Go to grove.com slash awesome to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.com slash awesome. All right, Mindy, we're back. We've been talking about some of the reasons why we want to both personally on a personal level for ourselves and then also in modeling for the kids in our lives. Again, we're not just talking to parents today, but especially to parents to model what engaging with kids that have additional needs, where, how we meet them where they are, how we engage, what does it look like truly to navigate some of this with ourselves and with our families? 
So it will be some work, but just like eating well or exercising or like our beloved large meeting with friends. Mm-hmm. And you talk about often about being with community, your community, yeah. how good that is for you. Yeah. This will be good. So the first thing, and you touched it already. The first thing I was going to say is evaluate and confess to yourself. I have not been walking in a way that I actually truly believe. And I need right. to correct that. Yeah. And then decide, make the decision that you do have to make a conscious decision to be more awesome. So, okay. I'm dropped this ball. I realize it. And now I'm committing to be more awesome in this manner. And I want to clarify, Meg and I and all the moms out there or parents out there are not asking you to cultivate a mascot mindset. We're not right. asking you to even approach this from a mission mindset. Yeah. We're not asking you to come find our children for inspiration. That is not the thing here. That's condescending. And nobody wants a friendship with that in mind, right? So right. what we're saying, of course, is to decide to be more awesome and include. That's it. Yeah. Sit down with your partner next if you have a partner and talk about this because team effort really makes a difference here yes. because sometimes you'll see something or your partner will and you'll be like, oh, I didn't see that or I didn't recognize that. Let's do it. So get the team on board, which is the next step. Sit down and have a real heart to heart with your children. Guys, one of the most powerful things in my life, Meg, has been when I've sat down and confessed to my children, when I've messed up, when I've dropped a ball, when I have hurt somebody unintentionally or even intentionally. Sitting down and being honest with our children. I'm not saying share everything in your life, but well, sure, sure. in yeah. this area, just sit down and be honest and say, guys, you know that I believe such and such. I believe all people matter. And I believe in having a community that values diversity and inclusion. And I've realized I have missed a population that is actually in our community and I haven't paid attention. And then talk to them about that and then say, okay, guys, tell me about the kids you see at school who have disabilities or at soccer or at community group or at Boy Scout, any of those activities that your kids are in. The more you increase the number of activities, the more likelihood your child is somehow having a circle intersect with the child with a disability. Yes. If they say there are none, well, then we all have blind spots and they're not seeing them, not because your child doesn't care, but because possibly of a system that is kind of in place that excludes the children or because some of those activities or people in charge think it's too hard, that they can't do it. You know, we're not equipped. That's a real common thing. 55% of parents who attend church, I have been told that they're the ones that have to provide the support for their child, that they are the ones that have to do it. So what happens is parents fail. 32% of parents who attend church with a child with disability have left Mm. because they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine being the one who does everything for your child to make sure they get included, to make sure they have access? That's what's happening. I mean, I think, gosh, that just really hit me just thinking about for parents of kids with additional needs, that already is their life. You and I both know advocating constantly for them and trying to go ahead and make things accessible. And you would hope and believe that a place of faith where everyone gathers and has these shared common ideas, particularly when it comes to life and who matters and what matters and those types of things. I mean, it's easier for me to say this. I don't work in ministry, but it seems like church would be the place you can go and know 
every life is correct important and every person's ability is accommodated for before you get here. And it's not. The stats bear it out. And again, that goes back to it's hard. It does take work. It is hard. Often it's not super hard. I mean, gosh, if it just means making sure there's ramps, Mm -hmm. making sure the aisle is wide enough for a wheelchair, making sure that you're not putting the person in the wheelchair in the very back left-hand corner because that was the easiest place, right? Oh, yeah. So some things are pretty easy. Others are hard. If there's a child who is nonverbal and in a wheelchair or nonverbal and has autism, yeah, it'll be awkward and hard. And what happens is they're like, we just aren't equipped. That's the most common phrase. Mm -hmm. So again, sitting with your kids and talking and being honest, guys, we are all going to sacrifice something and time to make this change in our life. It may mean an activity that they're a part of gets dropped or less attended. Yes. You don't really know how it's going to look yet, but I think being honest from the forefront that it does require sacrifice on all of your part. Mm-hmm. It's really honest because when it starts happening, they could rebel or be like, wait a minute. No, I don't want to quit such and such. And if you've already had the conversation about why it's worth it yes, and what kind of attitude and mindset it shows, then you can land on that again yes. versus having to explain it right then. Right. Yes. Because you've already built the groundwork, you've built a foundation for, okay, this wasn't something that we were really aware of, but now that we are aware, these are some things that we're going to do, say, talk about, whatever. Yeah, you've already built the foundation. All right. And then this is the awkward part for the awesomes. Y'all, I know that even as an adult stepping up to a stranger and saying, hey, would you like to get together Mm -hmm. at the playground or wherever? my daughter is in class with your son and we would love to work on a friendship. I know that's putting yourself out there. I know it's kind of like I'm asking you to go on a blind date. I get it. (laughs) Yes. 100% get it. Yes. But you could change your life and theirs because you see them. Mm, What happens is we're not seen. My kid isn't seen. My daughter isn't seen except we're acute. She's so cute. And don't even get, that's a whole nother episode. But if your kid doesn't know the person's, then ask the teacher. It's okay to reach out, meet with your child's teacher or teachers and say, hey, and you know, this could speak volumes to them. We've realized we are neglecting some kids in our lives and we want to see them. Mm -hmm. Who in Billy Joe Jim Bob's class has a disability or is maybe being left out. We would like to develop a friendship. I am not saying, hey, Go drive around town and look for somebody in a wheelchair and be like, can I be your friend? Right. You know? Or <laughs> right. a stranger yeah, stopping yeah, yeah. me and saying, can I be friends with your daughter with Down syndrome? No, no, you can't, weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but everybody at my church, everybody in our homeschool co-op, the people that we interact with socially, mm-hmm. those, those are big circles. Yes. The people who I've met from currently reading or sort of awesome or bookend homeschoolers who are local, mm-hmm. you know how that all pans out sometimes, which is super fun. Yes. Those people become part of your circles. Yeah. Those are the people who should be interacting and setting up play dates. And I, this is where I come with a broken heart, Meg. It is not happening except for two, now three people in Jubilee's life out of six years. Mm. I hosted a preschool group twice a week in my home for free for kids. And yet she was still not truly engaged with outside of that time. They did stuff. Mm -hmm. They went to the zoo. They did things. And I had a mom say, it never crossed my mind. And I just kind of want y'all to hear that, how that lands 
Yeah. To hear a mom say, my child interacts, my child sees your child at church, my child sees your child at whatever, but it never even crossed my mind. I never thought of asking you and her. Mm, Yeah. I took it well. I said, well, we sure would love to be included. And then she left and I sobbed (laughs) and I just sobbed. So I know it's awkward to reach out, ask the teacher, ask your community group leader or Awanas or Boy Scouts or those kinds of things. Hey, because again, if you're dropping your child off, I understand you don't see the child, the other children. Yeah. But other people do. Mm -hmm. And then ask your child, hey, we have new glasses on in life. We have new lenses. You need that, everyone. So when you go to school, every day I'm going to start asking, hey, did you see a kid who maybe has a disability? You might have to talk through some autism, Mm -hmm. what that looks like, Down syndrome in a wheelchair, maybe blind, whatever. Mm -hmm. The visual ones will be the easiest ones to start with for your child. That's right. The things you can see on the outside. But autism is often hidden Mm -hmm. and often kids don't know the child has autism. Mm -hmm. Our children often don't know that that child is autistic. They just get uncomfortable because of the different social interaction. Mm -hmm. And if no one says, hey, I'm autistic and I'm going to talk differently. Is that okay? And your friend, then your child can be like, oh, yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I get it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But it's sometimes our society thinks it's impolite to say, hey, Mindy has ADHD. No, it's not. It's a fact. And if I introduce myself and I say, hey, Meg, look, I have ADHD. And so sometimes on this show, I'm going to go down a rabbit trail and you just bring me back. (laughs) Or if I tell people, again, it's easy for Jubilee because she has Down syndrome and it's visual. And so is a child in a wheelchair. But some disabilities are hidden and I recognize that. But ask your child to start looking because they'll, y'all, I'm so willing to bet, Meg, that they'll start being seen. Those kids. Yes. yes definitely, definitely. So invite them to a play date. Okay. This is my last really big tip. I have one or two other things just to say on this invite part. Okay. Because I know it's awkward. Yeah. 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 You need to say, is there a best type of activity or environment for our first get togethers? Awesome. Love it. Because that shows the parent that you realize there may be some stumbling blocks or mm-hmm. triggers or something. So example, Katie and I went camping a few weeks ago. I hadn't realized how much better children interact with Jubilee if we are outside. Okay. So if we go to somebody's house, like if you invited Jubilee and over to play, Mm -hmm. she would be so enthralled with your house and all the different toys. Mm -hmm. She would not interact with your kids at all. She would just go to all those fun toys and she'd be like, peace out. Yes. I'm playing with all this stuff. Yes. A lot of kids would do that. So if you're really looking for true interaction and not parallel play or Mm -hmm. the mom sitting and talking, which, hey, that is also a valued time. So I'm okay with that too. Yeah, yeah. But for the first couple of times, ask them. So I tell people now, you know what? It's best if we play outside. Yes. And with a water table or something that it kind of levels the playing field some. Totally. And just telling a parent like, Okay, I think playscapes inside Chick-fil-A or somewhere is like, those are out right now. But back in the day, (laughs) back in the day, and hopefully soon when we could do that, that was a real common thing. But that is too loud Mm -hmm. for real interaction. And if for some kids, the noise is a trigger. Yes. And then it doesn't necessarily encourage too much interaction. You can go in there and never talk to another child. Exactly. Right. Right, right, right. So. The parent may say, hey, the first few times, actually parallel play will be best. So Mm -hmm. 
let's meet at my house or your house and let them just get comfortable with each other. And then a few play dates down, let's start working on real conversation and interaction. But giving that parent that power of decision and letting her or him explain themselves will give you more insight. Yes. And that kind of understanding is far reaching. And like you said, the parent is truly the professional of that kid and what their dynamic is and what their needs are. They know the ins and outs and everything from food sensitivities to, like you said, environmental sensitivities, all of the things. So go to the source. Don't try to guess because I mean, truly that's why, again, we go back to the awkward thing. You don't know, just admit, I don't know. And just go to the parent and say, what is going to be the best environment for our kids who really get to know each other? And the second question I already shared is when that friend asked me, what is the best way for my child and for me to be able to develop a friendship and communicate with Jubilee? Mm-hmm. Because I want to be able to talk with her in yes. the way that best helps her yes, or the way she is most successful. And for some kids, for some disabilities, that's not going to be an issue, right? If a child is in a wheelchair and he or she doesn't have cerebral palsy or anything like that, communication probably won't be a thing. Right. But for your boys and for mm-hmm. Jubilee and for some kids with autism, there are tricks and tips that will help everyone. And so it is awkward, <laughs> but it's not wrong. And That's you're right, giving yes. your child tools. Yes. So if you need to think about it as I am best equipping my child to walk into this situation, mm-hmm. yeah. then that's how I want you to approach it. You want your child to be successful yes. and become less and less awkward. You know, yes. does that make sense? It absolutely does. And not only, and again, I say this as, as a mom with kids who are all over the spectrum of ability and those types of things. Yeah. Not only are you giving them the tools they need in that moment to engage, but I can say as a grown adult person, I can say, yeah, learning that as I was growing up shaped who I am as a human being. And so to go back to what you said at the beginning, we're helping our kids to just become better humans in general and to be able to go into social situations with empathy and with a sense of understanding of the other people that they're hanging out with. These are skills that we all need. And honestly, I know a lot of adults who could really use them (laughs) in this area too. And I think it is important to view it as two things. You're developing new skills and you're developing a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that means, Meg, we have to give it time. I mean, gosh, every friend you have, you rarely, Katie and I kind of hit the ground running, but most people, it takes some time. Yeah. And you start to understand each other. And so I think talking to your child, like we're in this for the long haul. And I'm not saying every child, you don't need to find all if there are 18. Okay, well, now we have 18 new friends. I guys, I know that's not doable, right? But once you start meeting with a few, there'll be one that you naturally connect with. Yes. And just tell your kids, well, we're going to take some time. And the parent will give you tricks. We have this anachronism pause. The parent will give you tricks and tips. If that means talk slowly, be patient, you and your child will soon become paraprofessionals with that child. You won't be a professional, but you will become a friend. And Meg, one of the things I love about the show is I can hear the different ways you and each of your co-hosts understands each other. Yes. And can guess and knows and understands and gives you space sometimes or leads you into a conversation Mm -hmm. because over time you understand each other and you've experienced life together. And that's all we want, right, Meg? We want our kids to experience life with a friend. Yes. 
Absolutely. That's right, Mindy. That's what it comes down to. And it's such a gift and something that I think so many of us take for granted, but now we can engage this, the whole conversation and what we can do to show up in more awesome ways for ourselves and for our families. Yeah. I I agree. Thanks for letting me share my heart and thanks for engaging on this really beautiful and necessary topic. Yes. Like you said, when we were chatting back and forth, it's necessary, but it's also awkward. Mm-hmm. And we have to have people trust us that we love them. Yes. When we're asking them to do better and we're asking ourselves yes. to do better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am looking at the ways this shows up in my own life for sure. So Mindy, thank you so much. This was so helpful. So informative. Okay. So we didn't even really get to talk about the fact that you have a very awesome podcast yourself, book in homeschoolers. So tell us a little bit, if we want to find you just on social media, if we want to find your podcast, where do we go to find you for all the things? Okay. So you can find me, my personal account at grateful for grace on Instagram. I'm pretty active over there. Talk about all things life as a mom with a child with Down syndrome, but as a book reader, as a homeschooler, as just a woman who's 51 years old. Yeah. And then bookend homeschoolers is bookend homeschoolers on Instagram or dot com. And we share episodes that aren't only for homeschoolers, they're for parents who have kids in school mm, <laughs> anywhere. Yes. So yeah, I'd love to connect with your listeners there and get to know your audience a little better because I'm a huge fan. Aww. As you know, I love being a superstar. I love chiming in and hearing you guys talk about community. That's why I first was drawn to your show, Megan's community is a really big deal to me. Yes. And it's why this issue matters so much. Community is important, right? You've taught everyone that, or maybe not taught, but you've reinforced, hey, I get it. Mm -hmm. Community matters. Let's build it together. I love that. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you so much. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg. And you can find Sorta Awesome just by searching Sorta Awesome wherever you are on the internet. So Awesomes, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.